Welcome to Blunt Blowing Mama podcast. I'm your host, Shanitria, and this is a podcast about all things cannabis and parenthood. Yep, I'm a mom. I got two kids. I'm 31 years old and I got a man. We've been together for over eight years and I decided I'm going to do a podcast and I'm just going to talk all about weed and being a mom. (laughs) So that's what I'm doing. That's been really great. That's been really fun. Then I started interviewing people and just some people who are doing really dope things in the cannabis industry. And I said, you know what, next I want to talk to you. So I put a call out on Blunt Blowing Mama's Instagram page and I heard back from so many of you guys who were interested in being on the Blunt Blowing Mama podcast as a guest and share your story. And now this is for you guys to hear. I cannot fucking wait for you guys to hear these women, these moms, their stories. You're going to be blown away. This is so good. I'm not even going to talk anymore. Let's just get into it. Welcome to season two of Blunt Boy Mama podcast. Hi, my name is Shanitria Anthony. I am 31 (laughs) years old. I'm from Mississippi. That's where I was born and partially raised. And I, uh, but I grew up in Georgia and I currently live in West Hollywood, California. So I'm not married, but I am in a long-term relationship. I've been with my partner for uh, Jared. I've been with him for over seven years now. And we have two kids together. So we have a four-year-old daughter and we have a, an 11-month-old son. <laughs> oh, they grow up so fast. <laughs> um, so a little bit about my upbringing. Um, so I grew up, I grew up in the South, which as a Black woman or, you know, as a Black little girl, can be, it can be difficult. Like it can be scary at times. It's challenging. There's racism, there's sexism, um, all the isms. <laughs> um, and it's, it's not, and there are parts about my childhood that are so incredible that I wouldn't trade for the world that are just so unique to growing up in the country, growing up in the South. Like my grandma, um, has, uh, has a, um, a piece of large piece of land that she, that my mom and her siblings, um, all also, you know, they have it now since my grandma's passed away, she's died and her husband's no longer here. So it's my mom and her brothers and sisters. They split the land. It's a large amount of land, um, property there. So I grew up on that and it was a farm. Like my grandma had chickens and she had, you know, like (laughs) she had like all, all these, fruit trees and you know like we would like my uncles would go deer hunting and like bring a deer and like we would eat there for dinner and like (laughs) like that was my childhood like picking you know um I don't know fruit off the trees like a plum or peach and eating it and or like 
you know, finding a blackberry patch and getting all the blackberries and picking them and eating them and giving giving the rest of the, um, my grandma for her to like bake into a pie for us. You know, I had to rake leaves. I had to <laughs> I had to rake the grass. And my cousin would mow the lawn. Like it was it, it was but it was a great childhood. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, unfortunately, cannabis was not viewed positively by any of the adults in my life, um, when I was a child. So, and still it really isn't viewed that positively in my family just because the war on drugs was, you know, the impact and and what it did to black and brown communities is very real. Like to have weed on you as a black person in the South, without any question certainly meant that you were going to jail if you're not going to jail you could be dead like is that's that's enough reason for a cop to apprehend you and put you away for the rest of your days and being black in the south that's already your first strike you don't need it you don't want to do anything like messing around with drugs you know like weed um and so that's that was my you know that's what i was taught about (sighs) you know, cannabis from a very young age. And, you know, it, it's unfortunate that that was, that's what I'm, I was taught. And that's what I, I go against often when I talk to my family members and especially my mom about um, weed, because that's what she was taught as well. And it's hard to unlearn something that literally everyone taught you, you, you know, your teachers taught you this in school, your family members taught you this, your parents taught you this, the government taught you this, like, how can they be wrong? You know? So it's a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I had a very happy, uh, you know, as happy as it can be childhood. I'm one of two kids. I'm the oldest. Um, my sister is eh, like three and a half, four years younger than me. Um, and yeah, I grew up on, on, in the country like, in Mississippi. And then when I turned like, what was it like nine or 10, we moved No, like when I was like, maybe it was like 10 or 11, I don't know, but we moved to Georgia and, um, I spent the rest of my days, you know, I, I lived in Georgia until I was like old enough to be doing grown woman shit and so I lived there from like 12 or 11 whatever how old I was until I moved when I was like 21 22 and I haven't been back I haven't looked back um you know when you start to live in different cities and see different ways of life you it opens your eyes and especially coming from the south where everybody's so close-minded about every fucking thing (laughs) it's definitely refreshing to see people that share your outlook on life and and things and know that you're not strange and you're not odd for wanting to do these things or for wanting to sleep around <laughs> which is what I wanted to do <laughs> so that's another conversation <laughs> um but yeah, cannabis was viewed negatively. It wasn't spoken about positively. I was told to avoid it um by every adult in my life period you know it was um it just certainly meant that you know cannabis possession meant jail i don't want to i didn't want to go to jail and being a, you know bad people go to jail and black people who get caught up in being at the wrong place at the, at the wrong time go to jail and you know so that was kind of how i viewed cannabis for a really a really long time um and i never questioned it that's the right. That's the crazy part. I never, 
I never questioned it. I just assumed like this, this is right. You know? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> you know better. You do better though. Um, so the first time I smoked weed, oh my gosh, I was like 18. Um, and I want to say I was in college. Yeah, the first time I smoked weed. Um, and it was with my best friend at the time. Um, we've been friends since like middle school. Um, and so, you know, to still be friends with someone that you went to middle school with and you're in college now, you know, you're freshman in college. Like, that's a big deal. That's a longstanding um, relationship. So um, she was like dabbling with different things and she was smoking weed and she was just like, hey, you want to smoke weed? And she was smoking her weed out of like a pipe, out of a little, a little, you know, a little cute little girly pipe. Um, and so she put the weed in the bowl and she like showed me how to do it. And for a long time, I was such a good friend. For a long time, like she would light the bowl for me and you know like should do everything for me until I kind of figured out how to do everything myself but so like whenever I'm with a newbie uh newbie stoner or somebody who's just trying weed for the first time I just remember how she was just like so nice and showing me how to do everything and just doing things for me because it is a lot of steps if if you're not just passing somebody a joint the first time they're smoking weed um or you're passing them a blunt or whatever then it's, it can be overwhelming, you know, smoking out of a bong, smoking out of a pipe, uh, you know, those kinds of things where you got to hold a, a carb cap or something like that or inhale like this, exhale like that. And it can be a lot. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, she did like she lit the bowl for me and told me kind of everything to do with my fingers and where I was just like, where was my fingers supposed to go? And, and, and I didn't get high my first time smoking weed and she told me she was like you're probably not gonna get high she's like your second time you're gonna get high and, and and now i know like most people don't get high the first time they smoke weed because they're not smoking right you're not inhaling um or you're not <laughs> you just don't know what the fuck you're doing so you know don't don't ever expect to to get high uh <laughs> don't ever expect to get high the first time you smoke weed okay folks just don't save it the next the second time you're definitely gonna get high but the first time you're not so i didn't get high um and i just remember thinking like wow this is so cool but also feeling like wow i'm doing something bad and you know when people would find out i smoked weed they'll just be like you know oh she's a party girl she's a bad girl she's you know she's down the party or you know dtf down the fuck <laughs> <laughs> like or you know it just wasn't seen as like the thing to do it was just seen as something that only certain people did um who weren't you know uh who who were rebels or whatever um or you know bad girls party girls whatever and I didn't care because for some reason I and I couldn't even articulate why my 18 year old self I couldn't figure it out but I knew that I liked it like I like smoking weed and so the subsequent times I smoked weed afterwards I definitely got high and I loved it I love being high I loved I loved how it made me feel I loved how creative I would get I loved how chill I would be and I loved it more than drinking alcohol did I stop drinking alcohol no was I still drinking Everclear <laughs> <laughs> and Natty Light and PBR and oh, all the things that you do in college that are you look back on and you're like, wow, you are a fucking idiot. You did not want to live. Bitch, Everclear. <laughs> um, but yeah, I still kind of, you know, crossfaded, getting crossfaded, smoking weed and drinking, doing all that. And uh yeah, my it took me 
it took me a very long time for me to really truly understand cannabis as a plant and weed as a flower and um and really be able to articulate the the reasons why I needed cannabis. But at first I was just doing it because, you know, it's at a party. Oh, I'm going to a party. Oh, you got weed. You rolling up. Okay, cool. Can I have a hit? And, you know, always kind of looking at it that way. I never bought weed. I, I, I didn't, I don't think I ever started buying weed for myself until I became like an adult adult. Like I'm talking about like mid twenties adult. <laughs> but before that it was always just like, okay, if a guy has weed, then, you know, I'm gonna hang with him and, you know, he's going to let me smoke some of his weed. And that's how it kind of was, but I never really bought weed. Uh, guys would give me weed. I would hang out with guys that smoked weed and he, they, they would let me smoke their weed. So, but I never had my own, um, my own weed. But I mean, my impressions after I smoked it for the first time, I was just like, yes like this is this is great but I also kind of felt like wow like I'm really I'm living life on the edge <laughs> I just felt like I was doing something that was so evolved and so next level and um you know just being a lot so cool um so dope <laughs> oh my gosh um so who in my family and my circle know about my cannabis use is a funny, um, a funny little thing. So most of like my cousins, um, they definitely know, um, my friends, all of my friends know I smoke weed. Like my, a lot of my friends like have known I smoked weed for like ever. Um, obviously Jared, my significant other, he knows I smoke weed, um, I don't hide it from like we don't hide it from our kids, but and and Jared's mom knows we smoke weed, but she doesn't understand it. She when she first found out Jared smoked weed, she sent him him and me an email about um, marijuana addiction and how he need, <laughs> he needs to seek some help for his marijuana addiction. So you, you guys can see where I'm going with this. That we we do have a bit of an uphill battle with um, his mom and with my mom as well because my mom doesn't agree with weed. And even when she came here to visit us here in West Hollywood, um, and there's a ton of dispensaries in um, in this neighborhood and the city, and she just couldn't understand it. She couldn't wrap her mind around it. She didn't get like why we needed to do that and and my mom doesn't drink um alcohol period never has and she also never smoked um anything so she she just does not get it um and yeah <laughs> i just i don't know like i i never really try to push the push the subject with her to really get her to understand that much i'm trying to i, I it never feels like a good time to really talk to her about it and that's kind of the you know, the part where it's just like, damn, like you, no matter how grown you get, you never really grow up to your mother. <laughs> Always feel like a fucking kid when you have certain conversations. My mom is a very strong personality and some conversations are very impossible to have with her when she, if she just doesn't agree, she's just not going to agree. And that's just that. So, um, you know, smoking weed is something she doesn't agree with. And that's that. <laughs> uh, but you know I think I mentioned this on a previous episode and it was shocking to some people but my um my parents don't know about blunt blunt mama um it's not that big it's not you know it's not big enough for them to know about I think even if I had 10 million 10 billion followers on Instagram <laughs> with blah 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 my parents would still just be like okay girl so what are you doing like that's that's what you're doing okay <laughs> <laughs> so 
There's that. I mean, I'm, I'm going to get there. I've been thinking about it and trying to figure out ways to tell them and talk to them. Because I really want to get approach them in a way that helps them really see like the full picture of, you know, how the conversation around cannabis has been shaped and how that has been one of propaganda and, you know, basically undercover racism. And, you know, then help her see the the ways that this plan can help, you know, Um I really would love to smoke weed with my mom one day, but I'm also petrified to smoke weed with my mom. So my mom is, she's a, she's a bit much, like she barely laughs. Like it's, <laughs> I just, uh, maybe she could use some weed, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. So that's that. <laughs> um, so my cannabis use over the years, oh, my cannabis use over the years has definitely, I'm about to start smoking some weed. Cause I mean, talking about my cannabis use, I just need to smoke. I've, obviously you guys know, I love smoking out of bongs, which is what I'm about to do right now. needed that so bad needed that okay um <laughs> i haven't smoked weed all day well oh, that's a lot i have smoked weed today but this is my first bong hit of the evening as i record this so that felt good i'm probably will take a couple more hits but like for when I initially started smoking weed, I was smoking weed like like white people do, as as um, <laughs> as was said um, in the circles that I hung with at the time. And so again, like you know, I was 20, 21, 20, 19, 18, um, in college smoking weed. So cliche. Um, <laughs> and uh, I would smoke out of pipes, and I was obviously smoking joints and blunts, and um, and I was smoking and I remember the first time I smoked out of a bong and I was just like, what is this? Oh my gosh, no. And, you know, it was, it was a lot. The, the first time I smoked out of a bong, I was like, I'm never smoking out of a bong again. Like, this is not for me. And now look at me. All I do is smoke out of bongs. Um, <laughs> so, you know, never write something off. When you start on your cannabis journey and you start discovering weed and all the different forms of cannabis, you know, Give something a try and then give it another try, you know, again. And you just don't ever, never count, count something out. You know, it's definitely a journey. You definitely have to find what works best for you. But I, I remember smoking out of a lot of pipes and I, I owned a lot of pipes and stuff. But I just remember being in college and, you know, I went to college in Georgia and smoking weed and being in the dorm room, you know, hanging out with people and we're all smoking weed and the campus police come and like confiscate all our weed and all our pipes and everything. And so that kind of always turned me off a bit from having pipes because it's like every time I got a pipe, it got confiscated. Those pipes cost like $30, $40 for a college student. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a lot of money. That's a textbook. <laughs> well, that's not a textbook. Textbooks be expensive. They be giving, costing you like at least like a, a hundred, a smooth hundred. So, I mean, but you know, $30, $40 pipe, that's like, you know a workbook <laughs> or something so I was definitely um 
kind of turned off from smoking that way, but it was always the most convenient way, especially since I didn't know how to roll. I still don't know how to roll. I think I'm going to make that my resolution for 2020, learn how to roll. Um, but yeah, so that was my, you know, my method. And then over the years, I obviously started smoking from the bong more, um, you know, and now that technology and weed has caught up so much, there's pre-roll cones. So I smoke joints and, you know, use pre-rolls and, um, and moving to LA uh, three years ago, I learned about so much more types of weed. And now that I'm able to kind of go to the dispensary and get, you know, uh, an edible and know how much weed it will be in it exactly. I feel more comfortable having edibles sometimes. Um, I don't consume edibles that much, but I do like them. I love topicals. Um, oh my gosh, so many CBD topicals or, you know, CBD and THC topicals. So good for the body in so many different ways. I have oils for the face. I have oils for the body that have cannabis infused in it. I have, you know, I love drinking a tea that has THC and CBD infused in it. So good. Um, um, and, you know, and then I also smoke out of my bong. I smoke joints. Um, I dab. And I, I think that's like the newest thing that I that I do now a lot is dabbing, um, moving to L.A. and learning about dabbing. And I was just like, what the fuck is that? And I had to like, I remember I had to YouTube it and Google it and trying to and like me and Jared just like figuring it out and like being like, whoa. Like the first few times we dabbed, it's just like, oh, I'm so fucking high, yo. Like we got so high because <laughs> the THC content is out of control and you don't really need a lot to get um, to get to where you need to, to be when you're medicating with cannabis. So, I mean, we're medicating uh, by dabbing. <sighs> you know, we have to learn that. <laughs> so he loves, he, Jared loves dabbing. He dabs like all the time. Um. And I, I love it too, especially as a mom. I think it's a really quick way to kind of get in uh, what you need and it hits you right away, um, which is the best part about it. And that's what I need as a mom, like get that quick fix so I can keep on um, pushing and doing what I got to do for the day. Um, yeah. So, you know, I do a little bit of everything now. I got vaping and dabbing and edibles, bong joints, you know, you name it. <laughs> So I've been, I've had two, I have two kids, as I um, said before, and my pregnancies were pretty easy, you know, like I didn't have any major health issues or scares or anything. Um, I didn't have any problems with my labors or deliveries. I had two C-sections. Um, and my first pregnancy, I did not consume any cannabis at all. Um, the first time I was pregnant, I was, how old was I? I was 25. And when I, you know, found out I was pregnant, by the time I gave birth, I had a birthday. Um, so I was 26 when I gave birth to my daughter. But, you know, it was my first. I just wanted to do everything right, um, you know, find the right doctor. So I found a really good doctor, a woman of color who's, you know, young. She's also my gynecologist. And so I was just like, she's perfect for my pregnancy. Um, you know, she's, she was, so she was a great doctor. You know, I didn't have any complaints on the healthcare front. Um, the hospital was great where I gave birth, New York, um, New York Presbyterian. Wait, hold on. New York Presbyterian. Yes. <laughs> New York Presbyterian, Lord Manhattan. So yeah, I gave birth in Manhattan, even though I was living in Brooklyn. <laughs> but I didn't want to give birth in Brooklyn. I wanted my baby to be born in Manhattan. I don't know, bougie, whatever. <laughs> so that's what we did. So gave birth in 
um, Manhattan to my daughter and to our daughter. And um, my doctor was just, you know, she was so great. The hospital was actually, you know, really nice. Um, and I didn't have any issues that, you know, the biggest thing with my the pregnancy of my daughter is that like I was just like a psychotic nightmare. Um, my hormones were everywhere and I didn't know why. I didn't know why I had no control over my feelings, over my emotions. I would be, you know, extremely sad and depressed and then I would be, you know, really happy and then I would be, you know, crying and while watching like The Voice or something and then next thing you know, I'm punching our, our trash can because I'm so angry and so, and it was just, I felt like I was losing control and then, you know, my body wasn't looking the same and, you know, um, it was just a lot. And, you know, Jared was nervous and scared about us having our first baby. And he wasn't telling me that. And I was going through these changes. And like, so it would put a lot of stress on our relationship, that pregnancy. Um, And boy, oh boy, if I had just smoked some weed, I think about that all the time, you know, like the experience could have been so much different for me. The pregnancy could have been more enjoyable and I wouldn't have been as stressed, but I was just really going through it. Like my, my, um, the hormones, the pregnancy hormones took control of me and nobody told me that that could possibly happen. But, you know, it's because everyone has different experiences with pregnancy. My mom just kept going on about how she loved being pregnant and not having a period and all this stuff. And, blah, blah, blah. and it's like, Pregnancy and to, to an extent was good for me because like I said, I had no health problems, no period. You know, that's actually really great. Um, I never experienced morning sickness. Um, so it was great in that respect. It's just that the hormones, my goodness, <laughs> I was, I was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. It was really hard. Um, so bad that like after I gave birth, I was like, I don't know if I want to do this again because I can't. I can't go through that emotional roller coaster that I went through um, with that pregnancy. It's scary. It's scary not being able to control your feelings. Um, and I just wasn't ready for that. Uh, and yeah, it was a lot. And so then after I had my daughter, you know, I breastfed her for 15 months and I didn't consume cannabis at all during that time because I just thought that, you know, oh my, I like during that time, like, yeah, and I was living in New York. Um, this was, you know, almost five years ago um i just thought that women who smoked weed while pregnant were bad moms they were bad women like what the fuck are you doing like you're smoking weed like you're using like i didn't even know that cannabis was a word back then so like what are you know i just thought i had all these preconceived notions notions and judgments because that's what i've been taught and that's what society was saying about these people and these women and these parents um who were using who were consuming cannabis I didn't understand. Uh, so, you know, when you know better, you do better. <laughs> you open, you sometimes you just got to open your mind to things. Um, and so, yeah, if I had just consumed cannabis just once, oh my gosh, things could have been so much better. I just, I think about that so much. And, you know, I did all the right things, you know, I didn't eat deli meat and I didn't eat sushi and I didn't drink caffeine and, you know, like I, I ate more vegetables and, you know, I was just drinking lots of water and, you know, having balanced meals, not overeating and all, all the things you're supposed to do when you're pregnant, you know, the labor and delivery of my daughter was absolutely, you know, 
the most interesting thing ever. Like I always tell people, I don't know. I'm not a good person to go to and ask like, what's it like to give birth? Cause I don't know. <laughs> like first of all, my daughter was overdue. So I was like one week in a day or whatever over, over my due date. Um, so I was super pregnant, super exhausted. I was huge, um, carrying around a nine pound baby. Didn't even know it. Um, so, uh, I go to the hospital to get induced. I'm induced. I'm, uh, I go, I go, I go there and I'm like, Hey, my name is Shinitria Epidural Anthony. Um, <laughs> so I got my epidural right away. No, I wasn't playing around. I want, I didn't want to have any complications. I'd heard stories about women, you know, getting, asking for the epidural too late. And so they can't get it or they, they get it and it's too late. And, you know, everything's already progressing as far as the, uh, labor goes. And by the time it kicks in, they, they've already like delivered the baby. So I'm just like, I don't want none of that happening. My name is Nutria Epidural Anthony. <laughs> so I got my epidural and I wasn't feeling anything and I had the Pitocin because so I was induced, you know, um, but nothing ever happened. Now that I look back and I, and I know kind of the things I know, I realized that Pitocin, you know, and an epidural are two things that basically are like, uh, the perfect storm or cocktail for getting a C-section because they slow down labor or, you know, they don't bring it on or, you know, the things that I've kind of read about those things is that they don't really help you actually <laughs> but I couldn't be pregnant any longer um you know I was super duper overdue like she had to come out so it was just interesting so you know for I think for like 10 hours or something we were in the hospital just waiting for something to happen for me to be able to have to push or something so contractions or me to be more dilated and nothing happened you know my water never broke um <laughs> it was like I was sleeping. I was watching TV. It was just me and Jared, and we're just in the hospital room and and watching TV. I'll go to sleep, wake up, they check me, and nothing happened. I go back to sleep, you know. And next thing you know, it's like we we came in. It was like in the morning, like eight in the morning, and next thing you know, it's night. Nothing happened. I'm sleep, I've been sleeping all day and watching TV and. So um, eventually my doctor, she was like, okay, I'm going to break your water and let's see how your labor progresses. And so she breaks my water herself um, and still like nothing happens and just waiting. And she's like, you know, after you, your water breaks, you only have so much time before um, the baby can actually be um, delivered before you risk infection. So you know, kind of like the clock was ticking. Um, so I was just waiting, waiting, nothing happens. And my doctor's like, okay, girl, um, we're just going to have to give you a C-section. Nothing's happening. Like it's been too long. We can't give you any more Pitocin, um, you know, to induce you. Um, you know, you've just been on these drugs for too long and your water's already been broken and you're not dilating anymore. Like you're, nothing's happening. You're not, you're not having any contractions. It's weird. <laughs> well, she didn't say that, but, um, so we're just going to do the C-section. I was just like, you know, me and Jared look at each other and we're just like, all right, sure. Um, so I got a C-section. That's that. Um, and so like, I don't know, like what it's like to have contractions. I never felt, um, Braxton's hit Braxton Hicks. I never felt that. So I don't know what contractions feel like. I don't know what it's like to push. I don't, I don't know any of that. Like I just 
<laughs> had a baby like went to the hospital went to sleep woke up you know and they're just like girl we're gonna give you a c-section i was like okay and i got a baby like <laughs> um my daughter latched on right away um hungry greedy baby um and she i remember when she was born when they pulled her out oh my gosh like her eyes were wide open and she was looking at everybody it was like the most magical thing i just remember that and i remember like oh i hope she latches and everything but it was it was great like it was such a good experience um I think Jared like complained because he was just like, oh, I thought I wanted it to be, <laughs> I, I didn't expect it to be like this. I, he, you know, we, when you watch TV, you expect like birth to be so much different. And like uh, he, he didn't anticipate it ending in a C-section and like, I don't think he cut the cord. I don't, I'm not sure, but you know, like, you know, the curtains up and we're on one side, he on, he's on the other side. And so he just, he didn't feel as involved, um, you know, with the whole process, but they did like let him hold the baby and everything after, um, the she after she was delivered, um, and then he brought the baby over to me, and yeah, it was really cute. So I don't really have any complaints about it. And so my second, you know, all my experiences with my first pregnancy, and I breastfed her, I breastfed my daughter for fifteen months, um, and. You know, it was a long, long, long damn time without weed. And, oh, I just look back on that. I'm just like, you dumbass. Like, you really didn't want your relationship to work. <laughs> all the hormones, all the fluctuating and changes in my body. The, I went through severe, like, baby blues um, after I had my daughter and, Weed would have just helped me so much, but I was depriving myself thinking that, you know, bad moms smoke weed and you sh I shouldn't be smoking weed and I have to wait. And that's ultimately why I stopped breastfeeding. I was just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I, I need to smoke some weed. I need to have my life back. I want my body back. So I started weaning my daughter and I was like, I, in my head, I was like, I'm going to get her weaned off by the time she's one. She turned one and we were still working on it. It took me three months to wean her off of the breast. So, you know, <laughs> that was another pleasant surprise. You learn so much about shit when you become a parent. You're like, you think you're going to do it this way and this is going to happen. And it's never what you think. <laughs> it's never what you think. Um, so I, I, I gathered all that knowledge and I said to myself, you know, this can't be it. Like this can't be my experience with motherhood and pregnancy. Like, there's a, something's got to give. So we ended up moving to from New York to LA and that's the, kind of one of the best decisions I think we ever made. Our, our relationship ended up improving. We ended up smoking a lot more fucking weed and we learned a lot about weed. And subsequently our education about cannabis helped us kind of evolve, I think our relationship and improve our relationship because we learned how to medicate with cannabis. We learned that cannabis is medicine. We learned, you know, all these things. And I told myself, you know, if I get pregnant again, I'm going to smoke weed. <laughs> I'm not going to stop. And, you know, in um, 2018, I got pregnant a second time with my son and I gave birth to him in January of 2019 this year. And um, damn, like when I got pregnant, the, one of the first thoughts I had was like, um, so I need to not stop smoking weed. <laughs> and I was kind of nervous to tell Jared about it. And he was just like, okay, whatever you got to do. Like, because he, he remembered the last pregnancy. He remembered how horrible it was on, on us and on our relationship. And um, 
He was like, whatever you got to do. <laughs> and so I kind of took that and I was like, okay, well, maybe he's just saying that and being all, you know, feminist, you know, my body, my choice kind of, you know, babe, you do whatever you need to do is your body, you, you know, like, <laughs> um, so I was, but I was still scared. I was still really scared. I didn't want to harm my baby. That's what I was, that's what I grew up thinking. That's what society teaches you. Um, I was nervous. Um, so it took me a really long time uh, to actually consume any cannabis during my second pregnancy because of that fear. I wasn't even thinking about child protective services or anything. I was just like, I don't want to harm my unborn baby. You know, I, I don't do, I don't want to do anything to harm my baby. Uh, but, you know, my second pregnancy, and again, another healthy pregnancy, I had a planned, um, I was planning on having a C-section and I did have a C-section with him. Everything went well, good labor, good delivery, good pregnancy overall. Um, but it did start off a little rocky. That first trimester was really tough. I was remember, I just remember being so tired all the time. Um, I no morning sickness. I've never experienced morning sickness before. Um, but I was just so fatigued. I remember just like taking naps with um, because this this um. I don't think she was in preschool yet. So like she would be home and like I, I was working from home at the time and like I would just take naps with her during the day and like and just be like, oh my gosh, I still have a job. Like I would just be like sleeping all the time. I was so tired. Um, and then, you know, eventually that kind of started to pass as I got closer to the end of the first trimester. And once that started to pass, um, that exhaustion and 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 fatigue, um, I started feeling like really dark thoughts. And I was like, this does not feel right. And nobody talks about pregnancy depression and being depressed, like really fucking depressed while pregnant, while, you know, because pregnancy is this time we're supposed to be so happy and glowing and all that bullshit. But it's like, real talk, you can be depressed and be pregnant. You can experience depression as a, pre like, depression doesn't just come about during postpartum. Like, a lot of women experience depression while pregnant. And I was one of those women. I was depressed during my second pregnancy. Um, and it got really bad one weekend. I didn't get out of bed, like, for anything except to use the bathroom, really, and, like, to eat a little bit. I was just so... I wasn't feeling like myself and like Jared was worried about me and my daughter was worried about me. And I just kept thinking about how I wanted to end it all and how and, and or maybe I wanted to run away and go to Italy. <laughs> like, just like really just uh, I didn't feel like myself and I was just oh, it was so scary. It was so scary being in that kind of mental and emotional space. Um. And I just, I was getting, I was having suicidal thoughts. I was thinking about ending my life, um, thinking that I, my family would be better off without me. And and my daughter, I remember she came in the bedroom and she was just like, mom, are you okay? She like got in the bed with me and I was like cuddling with me. I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, like, it's just like that moment, that, that tender moment with my daughter, like kind of jolted me out of it and had me kind of like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Um. And so I, that night I was like, you know, I think we have some weed in the house. So I found a joint. 
Um, and I was going to go smoke it and I was scared. I was scared to smoke that joint, even though I was having suicidal thoughts, I'm experiencing depression while pregnant. And I knew that cannabis would be the only thing to help me feel better. I was still scared. I was scared because I was pregnant. I was visibly pregnant. I was already showing, um, you know, people are not lying. Your second pregnancy, you start showing the moment you take the test. <laughs> so I was already showing. I was scared. I, you know, cause I was probably gonna have to, I had to step outside to do it. And I was like, what if my neighbors see me smoking weed? You know, oh my gosh, are you going to think I'm a terrible person? What if Jared thinks I'm a terrible person? Let me go check with him. So like, I had a like really slick way of like bringing it up to him to see kind of if, if he was cool. That I was like, Hey babe, I'm about to go smoke this joint do you want to join me and he was like oh yeah you're gonna smoke I was like yeah do you want to join me he's like no I'm good enjoy and I was just like oh he said enjoy okay so I guess he's cool with me um you know so pregnant and all smoking <laughs> and he was he was and I lit that joint and the rest is history I and my fucking goodness and I was just like you dumb bitch <laughs> should have smoked this weed much sooner um I felt instantly better all those thoughts like started to like float away and I felt like myself again and I I in that moment tapped into a part of myself and said like don't let go of this plant like you need this plant it's helping you and it's gonna make it's gonna help you enjoy this pregnancy and it did it absolutely did. Um, throughout my pregnancy, um, I consumed cannabis all the way up until, you know, I got into my third trimester, which is when I decided to stop. And I made that decision to stop because as a black woman, I didn't want to have any smoke in the hospital in regards to CPS or, you know, child protective services coming and trying to take my kids away. So I was very conscious about that, even though I felt that my doctor wouldn't you know, do those things. And I, I trusted my my care providers and, and the hospital that I was giving birth in. And I luckily didn't have any of those problems. I was still, you know, aware of that. And I didn't think that was above any of that happening to me. So I just wanted to be careful. So I always tell women, if you're pregnant um, and you're consuming cannabis and you're worried about CPS involvement, then just stop before your um, third trimester, you know, just just to be on the safe side, you know? So, um, yeah, I consumed cannabis my first and second trimester. I was smoking joints here and there my first trimester, just really quick, like half of a joint. And I, I did that like a handful of times. So not even a lot of times just to help me lift my spirit. So I didn't feel depressed. So I didn't feel down. So I felt like myself. So my hormones weren't taking control of me. And so I could just feel like me and enjoy my pregnancy. My second the second trimester, I just did a lot of vaping. Um, I started using a lot more topicals, CBD creams, oils on my um, skin for my joints and my muscles that were aching and stretching. And it helped me so much with the body, the body changes. <laughs> um, and then um, I, I thought about edibles, but me and edibles, I guess you guys know, edibles just don't they don't me and edibles don't mix so I didn't want to have a bad experience while pregnant I just wasn't ready for that but I ended up having a bad edible experience while pregnant anyways because I sent um Jared to go get me some like you know capsules or whatever uh CBD capsules to take you know for you know just to help me out <laughs> <laughs> and he bought it and I didn't really read the packaging turns out those capsules were THC and CBD and I got so fucked up 
<laughs> and I was just like, oh my gosh, because like my tolerance level while pregnant, you know, super duper low because I'm not consuming cannabis as regularly and as as much. Um, so my tolerance level is super low. And I got like really, I was just like, oh my gosh, it's too much. I'm like, too, I'm high. And, you know, you don't want to be high while you're pregnant. So I was very upset about that. And he apologized. I'm just like, God, that's why you don't send men to go pick up things for you. <laughs> but I mean, everything turned out okay. And at the end of the day, I gave birth to a healthy nine pound baby. Um, and right now he is so smart and he can say like nine fucking words. No lie. He can say nine words and he's 11 months. He is walking and trying to run. <sighs> he's in the biggest size of pampers right now. Like he's about to start wearing pull-ups soon. Like I'm going to have to start body training him because he won't have anything to wear. <laughs> Like, he's incredible. He's so smart. He's so, he's just like, I'm so glad I consumed cannabis while I was pregnant with him. I'm so happy. It's, it was the best decision I ever made. I enjoyed my pregnancy so much because I consumed cannabis. And I think that every woman should feel that and should know that pregnancy can be enjoyable and a beautiful time, just like people say that, it's, that it is. And you can, you can experience all that love and all that joy of pregnancy while smoking weed, while using cannabis responsibly, you know. <laughs> and I just want that message to be out there. Um. So I mean, my 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 delivery for with my second with my son was like very you know like we came into the hospital for the C section. Everybody was so nice. Every single person, every doctor, every nurse, every aide, everyone was so nice to us. Um, I remember specifically just in the in the OR when uh, getting my C-section, like laughing with my doctor and, you know, her saying that she wanted to give our son his circumcision and just having just a great time. And just, uh, it was so nice. It was really beautiful. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I could do this again. Like, I was just thinking like how, how, when you have a great pregnancy and and a great labor and delivery, it definitely makes you want to like do it again. Like if it's going to be like this every time, sure. Why not? Um, So it was a great experience. And, seeing my baby and um and this time around Jared felt more involved in the um in the actual delivery I think because in the New York hospital was a little bit more uptight but here in LA we gave birth at UCLA Ronald Reagan um like they were like do you want the curtain up do you want to look behind it a little bit they like let him do whatever he was like (laughs) as long as I was comfortable with it and I was and he was like looking over the curtain seeing everything happen and seeing them cut me open and pull the baby out and he got video of it and he got the cord and he was just you know super excited so I think he just really wanted to feel kind of involved in that way and so this time around he got to do that and and so it was a great experience for both of us for sure I'm just so Ah, oh, so happy. We were just so happy. So, so I breast, I'm breastfeeding my son currently still. Um, I plan on breastfeeding him until he's 12 months. So I, I'm going to start weaning him uh, very soon. I'm just not looking forward to it. I think I'm going to start weaning him in January. So hopefully by February or March, I'll have him weaned off. It's going to be a process. I already know. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to it. Um, but um, yeah, I, I consciously decided that I was going to wait to use cannabis um, again when I brought him home. So I just, I was just like, when I'm one month postpartum and I've been breastfeeding him for a month, then I'll start using cannabis again. And I was literally like counting down. I mean, in hindsight, I think maybe if I could do it again, which like if I do have another baby, which 
and I think I will, <laughs> then um, I probably won't wait so long. I won't wait a month. But I just, I, for me, I was just like, I want to make sure I establish a good breastfeeding relationship with my baby. I want to make sure like we're both good um, before I jump into consuming cannabis. But since, with having a C-section, honestly, instead of taking the meds that they send you home with, I should have just been medicating with cannabis. So I think that's what I'm going to do next time. Like, because they're, they're going to send me home with all the narcotics for, you know, um, the pain from the C-section, which is very real. Like it's a real incision. It's a real ass surgery that takes a real ass recovery time. Um, and it's painful. So using cannabis would probably be just much smarter. Uh, so that will probably be my, not probably that will be my plan of action going forward. Cause I mean, again, when you know better, you do better. So, um, but yeah, I waited a month and then I started smoking weed and I'm telling you, I have not looked back since like, it's the best decision I ever made. It's made postpartum so much more enjoyable, enjoyable. Yes. Postpartum has actually been enjoyable despite the shedding, losing my fucking hair, you know, losing my edges despite, um, you know, getting my period and like going through all that shit and having leaky tits and <laughs> not being able to fit my clothes. And now I am able to fit my clothes. And, but still having loose skin and not really having time to work out and, but wanting to work out but f- longing for my old life but being in love with this baby and all the hormone fluctuations and <sighs> engorged boobs and all that and I'm still smiling and I'm happy about everything because of weed period and my baby's doing just fine so I'm just like wow I can't believe I believed all that bullshit as hype and I I let it keep me away from this healing plant my first pregnancy but I'm so glad that this time around I'm now listening to it and I'm doing what I feel is right for me and my body and my baby and my family and we're all doing just fine I'm so glad thank you cannabis you know (laughs) um So I did, I, um, I did, I do, I do consume, I guess I should say how I consume my cannabis now that I'm breastfeeding. So I, I, I consume cannabis daily, um, as a breastfeeding mom. I mean, and like once or twice a day I smoke weed and it's because I have two kids that I'm looking after, you know, I'm doing the stay at home mom thing. I've been doing it for this for a year now almost um because I intentionally kind of decided that you know I really wanted to be home with my baby and I really wanted to bond with him and I just felt so much guilt with my daughter when um because I went back to work when she was like three months old it was a lot I was like oh and so I missed a lot of her milestones but to work from home with blonde blunt blonde mama and you know, doing things and just being here for every step of his little life while he's a baby has been so fucking rewarding. Um, every woman should, and parents, period, should be have the luxury of being able to experience it. It's a luxury. It's a privilege. And I'm so glad that I'm able to experience it because it's hard. Um, you know, people want, society wants you to have kids and but they don't want you, they don't want to help you raise those kids. Like, oh, yeah, kids, great, great. Good luck with that, you know? But it's just like when the parents are happy and are there and are supported, happy kids are the result and happy adults are the result. So I really, it's just uh, so many things are wrong with the world. <laughs> don't let me get into that. But um, yeah, I've definitely noticed a difference in just him and how, and both of my kids are just having me here and having me home. And does that mean stay at home life is for me? Uh, nah. 
Um, I definitely want to go back to the workplace and go back to work and or find a way to make Blunt Boy Mama my full time thing that's actually paying some bills. That would be great. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's been rewarding to be home and be exclusively breastfeeding him. And now he's eating solids. He loves fried chicken, y'all. <laughs> we didn't even like it wasn't even like i'm gonna get my baby fried chicken no like he literally took the chicken took a bite out of it and i was just like wow and i was thoroughly impressed and he loved it and motioned for more and when your child wants something you give it to them so he loves fried chicken (laughs) um and it's great it's great and i consume cannabis and i'm happy and it helps me so much and i feel like i feel like myself am i consuming as often and as much cannabis as i would like to no because i'm breastfeeding i have to be responsible which is why i can't wait until i wean him off of me <laughs> off of the breastfeeding so that i can smoke weed like i really want to and get really motherfucking high and not have to really have no worries um but obviously i can't do that you know breastfeeding because i need to be responsible so there's that So I don't think I experienced any sort of postpartum um, OCD or anxiety or anything like that. I did. I do think that I had really, like I said, really severe baby blues with my daughter. Um, and I think it's because I wasn't using cannabis. If I would have just smoked some fucking weed after I had, like, as soon as I came home with my daughter from the hospital, I should have smoked some fucking weed. I really should have. Oh, it would help me so much. So uh, I think that's why I struggled so much. I remember specifically being in bed for like a week and just being so sad. And my boyfriend, Jared, he was just at, at the time he was so concerned about me because I just was, I don't know, like I was just in a, an abyss. I couldn't climb out of it. It just felt like I was floating away. I felt helpless. I didn't feel like myself. I didn't feel beautiful. I had this baby clawing away at me and I just felt like fucking Denny's like open 24 seven milk, <laughs> you know, like I just felt, I felt, I didn't feel like me. So it was really hard. Um, this time around I, with my son, I haven't experienced anything I, because I've been smoking weed. I'm a hundred percent sure that I haven't had any issues postpartum wise because I've been consuming cannabis and I think the heavens for that. So, and I, and I feel like I was, I'll, I'll say in a heartbeat that, you know, cannabis is the cure to postpartum. Like every woman should, as soon as she gets home from the hospital with her baby should be welcome with a joint. I, absolutely. <laughs> so as far as my cannabis use with like my, my kids and telling them about it, um, I, we don't like, we don't hide it from my daughter. Like we're very like, you know, she has a question. I'm going to answer it. I'm going to tell the truth, you know, and in a way that she can understand it. I don't believe in like lying to my kids about anything that about life, like, they should know the truth because if, if we're not going to tell them, who's going to tell them? Like you have to, I feel like I have to educate my kids. Like I can't rely on other people to educate my kids. Like if I want them to know about something, I'm going to tell them so that they know it's better that it comes from me than somewhere else. Um, so like my daughter will ask like, mama, what's that? Like pointing to our bong. And I'll be like, that's a bong. It's made of glass. You know, mama uses it and it's not for you. You know, it's not for kids. If you touch it, you could break it. I'll be very sad. Please don't touch it. It's mine. 
you know? <laughs> and so keeping it on that level of understanding, she doesn't really ask any more questions besides that. And so I haven't really told her anything else more than that. But if she ever asked me like, you know, what's that? Or, you know, like what's weed, what's cannabis, what's this, you know, that I'm going to tell her. Um, so, but that we haven't gotten to that point yet. She's only four. So, I mean, it, it happens with every, you know, every kid starts asking questions about weed, I guess, <laughs> at different ages. If you're, if you're a consumer, as a, if you're a parent who, who smokes weed and your kid is eventually going to be asking you about it. So, but she hasn't started asking us really that much yet, but when she does, I'm going to be honest. And same thing with my son. Obviously we don't consume cannabis in front of them. We are responsible. Everything's put away out of sight. Um, so they can't touch it. It's locked away. Um, you know, we're very responsible about it in that way. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, it's just, I'm going to be real with them and let them know that like there are some states where weed is highly illegal. And if you're black with weed that, you know, you will, there are consequences for that. But, you know, hopefully by the time we really have to talk about it and she, it really becomes something for her to be concerned about, you know, like 10 years from now when she's 14. Oh my gosh. I mean, hopefully by then it's federally legal, you know, and it's not even, it's a non-issue, you know, hopefully fingers crossed 10 years from now, I think we can do that as a country, hopefully. (laughs) Um, so, um, I do have advice for women who are considering using cannabis, just do it. (laughs) Um, you know, I I definitely want to make sure part of the reason I want to make sure my kids are educated about cannabis is because if they feel like it's something they may need to use to help with their anxiety or depression or, you know, social anxiety or, you know, um, just to help them get some sleep or something, then I want them to know that cannabis is an option for them and that it's something that should be on the table, Um period, you know, especially women, women need to know like how that can all the ways that cannabis can help our bodies. Like it can help you when you're on your period with cramps and it can help you when you want to get some sleep. It can help you when you want to get in the mood for sex and like get in the right mindset, like, like cannabis can help you in that way. Like, um, you can use cannabis before and after a workout, you know, whether that be a topical or actually smoking a joint. So, I mean, I can go on and on. Do you have time? <laughs> so I would just tell like, if girl, if you're considering using cannabis, just do it. Then just know that there's no one size fits all method to cannabis. There's no one strain that's going to do this for you and that. And you have to try lots of shit before you find what works for you. I've been smoking weed for years and I'm still finding new things that work for me and things that don't work for me anymore. And that's kind of the the great part about this plan is how complex it is and how it interacts with different body chemistries and our endocannabinoid systems and, you know, learning about that and realizing how like, you know, when you are feeling certain ways, it means that your body is deficient uh, and that CBD or THC can help you in those ways. And THC takes the pain away. And uh, I mean, come on, you guys already know this spiel. I, I, I talk about this all the time. <laughs> but I would just say that to women who are, you know, considering using cannabis, you know, don't think about what society says. Fuck society. Just follow your intuition. If you feel like this plant medicine is the way to go to help you, you know, in, in the ways that you're seeking help, then why not try it? Why not? Just try it.
And for people who think that moms who smoke weed are bad moms, I want to say to them, shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, for real though, I, I want them to to really analyze like, why do you feel that way? Where is that thinking coming from? Who who taught you that? And and then I want you to unlearn it. And then I want you to listen to this podcast. And I want you to listen to all the women and, and the moms who testify to the beauty of this plan, to how it's helped them and be a better parent and better woman and be more present and mindful and show up for themselves and take care of themselves um, in ways that pharmaceutical drugs and other things have not been able to do. And that's the beauty of cannabis. And so you know, I was just challenge those people to open their minds, to open their ears and just listen, just listen, you know, and you, maybe you'll learn something. And, and, and that's the first step, I think, to kind of getting, getting rid of the stigma and normalizing um, cannabis and normalizing specifically moms who use cannabis. I think that People should know that moms who use cannabis are great moms and I, and that moms who use cannabis are probably better moms than moms who don't <laughs> than moms who don't because we are super hyper aware. Like I, I talk about all the time about how at the end of the day, sometimes I like to smoke weed and just think about my interactions with my kids and like, you know, what do we do today? Like how did when my daughter had that tantrum, like what led up to that? Like, how could I diffuse that situation differently? You know, how can I improve our communication? And I think think about those things while I'm smoking weed because I'm able to meditate on that my day. I'm able to meditate on, you know, what I want to do in the coming days. And I'm able to just really think about things in a mindful way. And that helps improve my relationships. It helps improve my relationship with my kids, with my man. And it, that helps me be a better person and, and grow. And so, I mean, I just, I can't even, you know, I can't even, <laughs> I can't even speak enough about how beautiful this plant is and how it really just helps me as a person be better. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, for my life, cannabis has done, oh, cannabis has done so, so much for my life. I always tell people like I have, I've accomplished so many things. I've done so many things and I have two kids, y'all. I have two degrees. Like I have my bachelor's degree and a master's degree in journalism. I've been in a long-term relationship. I've made a cross-country move with a kid and my man. And I'm just, I've worked in really dope companies. I've worked for Huffington Post. I've worked for ABC News. I've worked for, you know, <laughs> I work for some really dope companies. I freelance and written for Vice and Blavity. And like, I've done a lot of things. Um, and I've done all those things while also consuming cannabis. So there goes that stoners are lazy stereotype out of the window because I've accomplished so many things. I've done it all while medicating with cannabis because cannabis gets my creativity going and helps me diffuse after a long, stressful day. It's just everything to me. And I don't think I could ever see myself stopping. I want to be 100 years old, 95, 90 years old, smoking hella weed. <laughs> <laughs> smoking churn under the table like dabbing granny is like actually on ig on instagram dabbing granny if you don't follow her then you definitely need to she's awesome get your life um she's like goals to me like i want to be dabbing and a grandma and just like 
Yeah, I, I'm never stopping. There's no way. The the things that this plant has done for me, I was I I'm afraid of what could happen to my life if I lose cannabis. You know, I'm afraid of just it's crazy. Like I without cannabis, I just don't I don't know where my life would be. Like I just this plant is so beautiful. It's it's so great. It's so powerful. And it's helped me grow so much as a person and as a woman. And it just helped me become a better person and more in tune with myself and my spirit in ways that nothing else has been able to help me. And so that's why I can only see the beauty in, uh, in cannabis and that beautiful plant. I, I can only see the many wonderful things it can do for a person's life because of what it's done for me. So that's just my hope with this, with this podcast and why I started Blonde Boy Mamas, because I just want more people to know that like you can smoke weed and still get shit done and still be a, a great person. Yeah. <laughs> um, So my, um, so Jared, he smokes weed. I talk about that. So we both smoke weed and it's one of the, it's one of the ways we bond. It it helps our relationship tremendously. If we're not smoking weed, then we're in trouble. (laughs) Like for real, like weed is the best form of therapy for us. It helps us be able to talk to each other and it takes ego out of the conversation often, um, which is helpful and necessary. People talk about, oh, you know, the secrets of having a great relationship is communication and compromise, but it's also taking out ego, pride. Those two things, pride go before the fall. Yes, it's true. Like, And when you are having to compromise and having to communicate, you can't really compromise if your ego's in the way. You know, so you have to kind of remove those things and that can be hard and that's sometimes challenging for me. But when I medicate with a little bit of cannabis, it helps loosen me up and soften me up and allows me to really speak without ego, without pride. And it's a really grown up thing to do. (laughs) Weed helps me, helps get me there. Thank goodness. And, and now I feel comfortable enough, you know, having those kinds of conversations without, without the cannabis courage. (laughs) But it it does help, and you know I've like I like I've said before, and I'll say it again. Cannabis helped me grow so much as a woman, and 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 that growth in turn makes me a better partner to my man, and it helps him be better to me, and so I can be nothing but grateful for that. And I don't think I can be with someone who didn't smoke weed. I I need. I need my man to understand why I smoke weed. And, and if he can smoke weed with me, that makes it even better. Because then we can, sometimes I get all horny and shit when I smoke. And so it's like, you know, if you smoking weed too, then we have a little sexy sex, sex, sex. <laughs> like that helps us so much. Like I'm pretty sure our son was consumed, consumed, conceived. <laughs> um, One night after we smoked some weed and had sex, like boom, baby born. <laughs> Um, so I just, I just can't even like that baby is like a can of baby in so many ways. Like, cause I consume cannabis while I was pregnant with him because I can soothe cannabis during conception <laughs> and forever in, in, in a day, like he's my can of baby. So 
I don't know where that came from, y'all. I'm rambling. <laughs> but yeah, he he smokes weed and we smoke weed together and it's the best. It's the best kind of relationship ever. Ever. <laughs> um Yeah, I mean, that's like my spiel about my life with weed. Like I just oh, I love this plant so much and it makes me so happy to see so many other women saying how cannabis has helped them because it just drives home the point to me that like this is a beautiful plant that is being demonized because people have all these hidden agendas and are racist assholes and it's just like it's a plant at the end of the day you know and you know as we as 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 this country pushes 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 more for decriminalization and legalization of cannabis i just want to make sure that part of that conversation is the fact that you know cbs should not be coming into the homes of responsible parents who also just happen to consume cannabis responsibly um that shouldn't be happening scaring these families causing you know stress and and fear in their homes over a plant like that's crazy to me threatening to take their kids actually taking their kids that's not okay and that needs to be something that's discussed more because it is happening and that's a part of the decriminalization side that I don't think people are talking about enough and they do need to talk about it because especially as black and brown women we are targeted significantly more when it comes to those kinds of situations and it's not fair it's not right and it needs the end we need to be normalizing moms who use cannabis parents who use cannabis who consume cannabis right away so that this is not being done like policies need to be changed we need to have different dialogues happening and i really wish that medical professionals were trained more on the benefits of cannabis instead of feeding pregnant women and moms this fear-mongering you know uh propaganda about the cannabis plant and scaring them away from taking it and pumping them with these pharmaceutical drugs that only harm them and their babies. <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> Y'all know how I feel. I don't like it. Um, and that's why I'm doing Blunt Boy Mama podcast, right? And that's why I'm sharing my story. And that's why I'm sharing the stories of other moms, because I think it's so necessary. Um, you know, the, the, the way to fight uh, ignorance and stigmas is with speaking out with the truth and 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 that that in turn will spread and education will come and with that education will come so many other things that this plant deserves um, like research and studies and compassion <laughs> compassion for cannabis that's what I want <laughs> um, yeah so I think that's Gosh, that's everything. That's all I I have to share about my cannabis use. I would just say that, you know, I just have so many fond memories of smoking weed and just smoking weed with my cousins in like Mississippi and being scared that we get caught. <laughs> um, hot boxing in college in the bathroom like in my dorm room bathroom with like the towel under the door and the shower on and like making like a makeshift personal filter with like a, <laughs> like a fabric softener paper covering a to to empty toilet paper roll <laughs> using like a rubber band to <laughs> hold the filter on. Y'all know y'all remember doing that shit <laughs> to hold the filter on the, um, 
on the toilet paper roll. Yeah, I mean, smoking weed in hotels and being scared of getting caught. And yeah, like all my life, y'all, I've been smoking weed. <laughs> and it's been great. It's been great. And I, I can't, I just can't see my life without it. <clears throat> I really can't. And when I have my next child, I'm going to consume during that pregnancy too. And while I'm breastfeeding, because now I, I know the truth. And when you, man, knowledge is motherfucking power. Now that I know that cannabis don't do shit and it only helps me. Oh, I'm never going to shut up about it. <laughs> I'm never going to shut up about it. And I know there's so many women and moms out there who want to speak out and want to say, but you live in a state where it's illegal. And I get it. I totally get it. And some women have jobs and you can't risk losing your job because you're talking about weed. Like I totally get it. <sighs> but you know, we're getting closer and closer to people really understanding that cannabis is not that bad. And I think that that's the first step. So I'm excited to see what the future holds, you know? I really, really am. Oh, is there anything else that I should mention to you guys about my cannabis use? I would just say that, like, moving to L.A. three years ago definitely helped me see cannabis in a different light. Because beforehand, I always saw it as, like, the party favor or something that, like, you know, I would smoke, like, before going out or I would smoke it if I was having a bad day. But I didn't really know why I was, like, why it made me feel the way I was feeling or what this strain was and why this strain did this and that one didn't and what strains. I didn't know the difference between an indica and a a sativa, and I definitely didn't know about hybrids. So, like, coming to... LA and learning about all those things and learning about the endocannabinoid system and learning about sativas and hybrids and indicas and learning about concentrates and learning about edibles and dosing and like how you have to try different strains and how, you know, Blue Dream, everybody, some people love Blue Dream. I don't like Blue Dream like that, you know, and, but you all know that until you smoke it and try it, you know. And you just have to have that open mind and that curiosity about it and be willing to try different things. And it took me a long time, actually, before I tried CBD because I was just like, oh, it doesn't get you high. Well, I don't want it. Because for me, coming from um, a recreational, like when I say recreation, I mean like a party background of using cannabis only as party favors, smoking weed as a party way to have fun. I was like, well, CBD don't, don't sound fun. I'm not going to get high off that. <laughs> um, so it took me a while to really understand it. Um, but you know, now I use CBD all the time. I use it every day and I get it. I understand it, but there's a lot of education that has to follow. And a lot of people don't have that. don't have access to that. A lot of people don't live in LA. They don't live in California. So they'll, they'll never know. Um, and so that's why it's important for me to have this podcast and this, so this information can be disseminated to people so that they can know that there's so many different ways to consume cannabis. And it's not just all THC, it's THC and CBD and CBN, and, you know, so there's so many different, <laughs> there's so many different components of cannabis. It's so complex. Um, and I had to, it took me moving out here to LA to learn all that. And once I knew that, then I, I realized that like, wow. 
this plant really is just everything. <laughs> it really is everything. Um, and and learning all the that I do know about it now and getting that like, okay, using cannabis for postpartum makes sense because your hormones are everywhere and your emotions are everywhere. Um, you may feel depression, you may feel anxiety, and cannabis is really great for helping to leave those things if you're smoking or consuming the right strains and THC content and dosage and you have to mess around with it until you get it right. It's true, but once you get it right, oh, is it worth it? So being able to have that language is definitely a game changer for me because it helped me really look at the plant as plant medicine and understand what plant medicine meant and how, you know, pharmaceutical drugs are not the only option when it comes to medicine, that plants are an option too. And cannabis is one of those plants that should be on the table. And so I get it now. I get it. And now I want more people to get it and know. (sighs) Yeah. All right, (laughs) you guys, I've really been talking a lot. Surprise, surprise. So I'm just going to end this on a high note, literally by smoking. And I just clean my bong, so it's pulling exceptionally well. <laughs> Don't you love when you clean your bong and it pulls really well? Yeah, me too. <laughs> Man, I just don't get why people be hating on us stoner moms so much. I just don't get it. <laughs> All right, guys. That's really all I wanted to say. That's my story with cannabis. That's that's my life with cannabis. Um, And I'm just so glad that I finally mustered up the courage to really just start talking about my story and in turn helping other women share their stories and using my platform to do that because that's all I really want to do at the end of the day. And like I said, it, it was scary, you know, starting with my mama was scary. Putting myself out there like that, scary. It still is scary because doing it, you, I do have a lot to lose. I do risk child protective services coming to my home. I do risk, you know, just that kind of exposure, putting myself out there and my family out there in that way. It's scary, um, but worth it when I see how many women are like, thank you. I don't feel alone. And that's all I want. I just want, cause for, for so long, I felt alone. I was just like, man, am I the only black mom? Like the only black millennial mom who smokes weed? Like, no, I can't be. And I found so many women just like me by starting one boy mama. So it's incredible. It's incredible. The community is incredible. The village, the vibe, it's all amazing. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I'm so glad that I started speaking out about my cannabis um, (laughs) consumption. I'm so glad that I just, it's, it's beautiful. This plant, the people that weed allows me to meet are the best people because I always say the weed be knowing. (laughs) The weed be knowing. (laughs) 
So I'm Shanitria. I'm a mom with two kids and I fucking smoke a lot of fucking weed and I don't apologize for it because moms who smoke weed are the shit. Period. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Blunt Boy Mama podcast. This is season two. I am so happy to be bringing this to you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I can't wait for you guys to hear next week's episode, which will be airing next Thursday. Yeah. (laughs) If you like what you're hearing, then you should definitely share this podcast with a friend, with a cousin, with a family member. (laughs) And if you really feel in it, you know, if you like it, then you should leave a review on it. (laughs) If you like it, then you should leave a review on it. on apple Podcasts, that is where you are able to rate and review this podcast if you enjoy it i would love that thank you in advance if you are which i know you are doing that (laughs) also follow blunt boy mama on instagram follow blunt boy mama on twitter follow bbm clothing line on instagram which is blunt blowing mama merch that's where you can shop it buy it cop it tag me in it tag bbm clothing line in it and get featured on blunt boy mama's page yeah check it out you guys are already loving it but i love it too so like of course you guys are gonna love i would not be giving y'all something that's like shit it's not shit it's the shit. It's dope. Some dope ass merch. So you should definitely check it out. And you can also like Blunt Boy Mama on Facebook. You can become a Blunt Boy Mama patron by clicking the link at the top of the page on bluntboymama.com backslash podcast. Y'all, you know I'm high. <laughs> and once you do that, you'll see a link at the top of the page that says page that says click here to become a blunt boy mama patron and there you can sign up and for as little as two (laughs) dollars and you can get up to three extra episodes of the podcast a month you get shout outs here on the podcast you will also get free merch i mean need i say more you're able to communicate with me directly come on so it's really it's a good deal and at the end of the day you know that you're supporting a black woman's podcast a black mom's podcast and it means the world to me to have the support of the patrons that i do have thank you so much you guys and i appreciate all of you guys support and everything and all the love and all the messages i read them all um, so thank you so much for all of your support thank you for listening until next time bye